Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Sorry for the little delayed, delayed start today. My, uh, my daughter my daughter has taken over my office a little bit because she is having this project to study on and they needed to need a bigger space to, to get a whole bunch of group, group of people together. So... What I've noticed is that over time, my daughter tends to lose everything if she comes down here. So she moves everything around. So my chair, for example, is gone. Like my, are you sitting on that chair? Ball? Are chair you sitting on that ball? No, I usually sit on the ball. <laughs> it's gone. I mean, I it's just totally gone. I don't know where it is. So I pulled a chair from like a chair from upstairs. Um, and usually, like she says, there's a big right next to me here. This is a there's a big TV, and. Um, <clears throat> so what I found is that she tends to lose the remote all the time to this television. And that's, this is why I watch like sports center and stuff like that in the morning. I'm writing okay. my blog. So I, this, this is what I've taken to do. So I'm going to show you something real quick. It's pretty interesting. Oh, step inside the world of echo. Okay. So back here, right. I have now tied the remote to the ceiling. You can tell that or not. That's a desperate move. Yeah. <laughs> There's two remotes, right? There's an Apple TV and like a regular TV remote. So I, and I take the Apple TV remote to the regular TV remote, then tie the TV remote to the ceiling. So why don't you get one of those clapper finders? You know, those those things that if you go, it, it'll beep. Like the tile? I, I mean, I have tiles on everything. But um, clearly it's not good enough. No, 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 no. So I, you know, and it's just like, I, so, so, I've lost, so I did this because also what she tends to do is I'm just ripping on her today a little bit. I shouldn't do, but um, what she tends to do as well is lose like all the hairbrushes in her house. Like she just we buy hairbrushes by the dozens, and they're gone. So I've taken to taping them to something as well, like to with like a string. Okay. So I took. So I just want one brush to brush my hair with every day, right? No big deal. I know some of you guys don't have hair, but it's a big deal to me. Like, why would you go there? Like, sorry. So, anyway, so, so I'm brushing the hair and. And I, I have this one brush that's so I'm like I'm just gonna save this brush so that she can't get to it. The other, right. day, the other day I go in and the string that's been so I've taped the string I taped the brush to the counter to like the cabinet in the bathroom, and the string has been cut in half. <laughs> <laughs> okay, couple. What point? Couple pre-show things. First of all, today could be the most worthless day in professional sports because it's the final preseason game of the NFL, which means no players of any consequence yeah. will play. Yeah. So if, if, if there's any reason to boycott an NFL game today is, is the day because you're not really watching an NFL game. You're watching sort of like, you know, it's like watching spring training baseball. Well, actually, it got worse for like Jets fans because when Teddy Bridgewater got traded yesterday, he was on the bus headed for Philly and they literally had to get on the bus and say, hey, Teddy, you've been traded. Get off the bus. And so <laughs> so that, so they, they're not going to see Bridgewater, and they're not going to see Sam Darnold because he's the number one quarterback now. So now they're going to see Josh McCowan, whether they like it or not. Four quarters of Josh McCowan. Can you spell excitement? Uh, Peter, you had something to contribute. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things really irked me is is some stuff to do with the hypocrisy of, 
you know, United States Tennis Association, and then we can throw in the French Open too. Talking about clothing, um, the the whole thing about the black cat suit with Serena Williams is well understood and known. And and in response, she's now put a tutu over it at the U.S. Open, and I think she looks great. Um, I think you're targeting, arguably, you might even be able to say on par with any male tennis player the greatest of all time except roger federer that's to, how that's how good she is words on that one yeah what that's how good she is yeah whether you like her or not but the point is she's come back from something that many many women experience due to pregnancy which is circulatory trouble many women go through huge issues during pregnancy with it we found out you know after how incredibly dangerous her delivery was and what happened to her this isn't about her trying to make a fashion statement she's made those long before this right. is about wearing something that allows the greatest female tennis player of all time to compete and play don't we want more of that but then to see the thing the event the other day and i can't recall the, the tennis open. player's name sorry it was at the u.s open yeah. at the u.s open who was forced to take off her shirt and put it inside out or outside, right side out because of a tag. And that was a rules violation and a penalty. She had to do it on the court, turn away from the cameras. I mean, it wasn't a shred of decency. Yet you look at a male man. tennis player, they yeah. will rip off their shirts and change yeah. at halftime or, or between sets or between, you know, between sets or between games. They'll eat bananas with their shirt off just to cool down. They'll have towels put around their necks while they are allowed to perspire. But if a woman did that, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, her name Wrong. is Elise Cornette. It was really yeah. disgusting that now she's the one who decided to turn the other way just to sort of, you know, do that. She doesn't right. need to. I mean, women warm up for the tennis matches in their sports bras. Like, who cares? Yeah. But at the end of the day, the worst part is so, like, two days later, Rafael Nadal yesterday comes out and he looks like he's in his underwear. He looked like he was dressed like the situation from the Jersey Shore and he can wear whatever the hell he wants. And, and that's what really, really drove it home for me that there's a double standard there. That's horrible. Well, you know what this smacks yeah. of? I mean, I think I ref referred to this movie before, but this the the recent uh, Battle of the Sexes, the movie about but Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs back in the early 70s. You know, there was a there was, a, you know, hue and cry about women wearing anything other than white. I know white tennis dresses. You know, know, they 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 wore color. And all of a sudden, it was some sort of revolution. It's like all, all, all we've done is sort of move the line in the last 40 years. And we're still getting, you know, having conniptions over things that are basically mean. And like if if she wanted to go into the locker room and change her clothing, that's one thing. But if she wanted to do it in front of everybody, just like any male tennis player does, why the hell not? Yeah, it was the linesman that forced her into it. And she was afraid she'd lose a point. And, and that's, you know, the whole thing is it's the governing body. I'm going to switch over one more quickie story. Um, so there's a, um, a Labor Day baseball game being played in Ottawa. And the name of the team is the Ottawa Champions, who I think was the name of their Stanley Cup winning team, I think. I don't know. But I think they oh, could have been the millionaires. Who the hell knows? But anyhow, a lot of the former Expos are playing. And so Bill Lee was supposed to pitch. And Bill Lee had an arm injury. And he said, you know... I don't think I'm going to be that good of a pitcher in this game. So now he's going to DH. He's 72 years old. And I remember him as a hitter in baseball. And, and I looked it up just to make sure. 
there was a year with the Expos, he hit 364, but he did have a, he was a 208 lifetime hitter with the Expos. I just think it's cool that he's still playing it at the age of 72. They're going to play on Canadian Labor Day, and some of the players, and there's some good players in this. I mean, Oil Cam Boyd, Rondell White, Dave Cash, people from the Phillies, Phillies fans will remember Dave Cash. He was a second baseman for them, too. Claude Raymond. I know Claude Raymond's um, son-in-law, former son-in-law, anyhow. So that's that's another story for another day. Um, Orlando Cabrera. So it, it should be fun. And I just think it's funny because, to me, he's like the 72-year-old Shoei Otani. Like, he's just like, ah, I hurt my arm. You know what? I'll just I'll just hit. Yeah, the uh, the original the it was the original Senators that won in Ottawa. Okay. So that was the original Senators. Yes, I thought so. Okay. Right. Not, 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 not not the disgraceful organization that currently occupies the capital of Canada. And then, if you want one more little tidbit, people <laughs> like this one. Another little little tidbit is Neil Young just married Daryl Hannah over the weekend. Seriously? Yeah. 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 I just was, saw something about that, and I was like, "What the heck?" Well, that that this that was sort of what led to like all of a sudden the bickering going on between the former members of uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young because David Crosby uh, apparently I, I don't know if it was on Howard Stern or some show, but had said something about Neil Young divorcing his wife of uh, so many years and going out with Daryl Hannah, and Graham Nash. Uh, was not very pleased at that and and went back at David Crosby and then friend guys who've been friends for over 40 years yeah. now now uh, basic and, and this is because David Crosby's been with his wife for a long time and, yeah. and it, I guess Graham Nash had divorced his wife of many years and married somebody younger so you know that didn't exactly fly well with the with the members of the group and it's like okay you know what whatever yeah, I mean, oh, go figure crosby stills nash and young having another argument i know it's like <laughs> what, what group is there they played together like four times in the last 20 years but, yeah. musicians get the girl you know i mean come on it's we do have to remember this though um scott young not the uh not the player was neil young's dad he was a hockey writer so yeah know. so and it just because yeah. Just because I like doing this to Russ, the house Neil Young grew up on is four blocks away from me. And <laughs> about, I think it was in 2010, Bob Dylan played in Winnipeg, played at the um, Bell MTS place. And the next day, um, a limo pulled up in front of this house and out walks Bob Dylan. And the guy's out front, um, the owner of the house, um, he's since sold it, but um, he... Bob Dylan walks up to him and says, hey, I'd, I'd like to look around Neil Young's old house. And the guy's like, uh, okay. And so he lets Bob Dylan in and he shows him where Neil's room, room was. And this is actually written up in the Globe Mail and the Winnipeg Free Press. Um, and the guy's watching Bob Dylan stand there for about five minutes, kind of looking around this room that doesn't look anything like what Neil Young would look at. And he's thinking to himself, Bob Dylan is sitting in Neil Young's childhood bedroom wondering what Neil Young's thinking. Doesn't that tell you something about Neil Young? <laughs> yeah, I, I had no good feelings for Bob Dylan. He almost got me fired once. But anyhow, oh. <laughs> wow. save, that for, save that for another time. The only, no, the only, no, yeah. the, interesting, the interesting thing about Neil Young, I mean, about Bob Dylan actually, was that, you know, I, I knew his manager for years and um, probably, probably, you know, you probably had some run-ins with him, Russ. Um, no, it wasn't a run-in with him. It was about um, really. It was a financial thing at a hotel. Yeah, I can see that. 
But um, so so Dylan, you, Dylan, one of the things Dylan did on his um, tour, this was like this was like ten years ago. So you know, but so that maybe changed now. But he would always, when he would get to a town, would get a bicycle, um, and ride around the town in a in like a baseball hat and a bicycle. Bob Dylan would ride around the city wherever he was in that bicycle for like a couple hours every day before the show. Just like just that, just no one would have any idea it was him because he was sunglasses on and a hat, but just out there, you know, it'd be Bob Dylan riding a bicycle through your city. <laughs> every city, every city you went to. Pretty crazy. All right, so let's begin here. Okay. Right. Hello, Hockey World. It's Thursday, August 30th, 2018. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ I'm, from Sportsology. I'm Peter Tessier, uh, trying not to take phone calls. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> And I'm Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And uh, we've got a couple different things to talk about today. Um, we're going to get into some some stuff um, regarding the, uh, the scores. And we talked about I, I have a lot of response to my blog today. So I wanted to get – I'll talk about that for a second as well. Um, and that is that today I took the, took the stance that the Central Division is by far the best division in hockey. All right. I don't think this is a crazy stance to take. But I've really gotten a lot of heat for it. And then I also did my early return predictions, like for this division, which is, you know, still way too early to make predictions. But I thought, you know, as I was going through the divisions, I was so torn about how I would possibly predict this division. I thought I might as well take an early shot at it. Mm -hmm. um, because it is, it is, it is, this is, this is such a hard division to pick. Um, I know, Peter, you're obviously you cover a team in the Central. I just think that this, I just don't, I don't see any division coming close to it like i was listening to no. you know i was listening to other i was listening to yesterday to xm and um jim Gordon does a great you know he ranks his teams from from one to 31 and uh the crazy thing was like seven of the first eight seven of the worst eight teams he had were from the um eastern conference which was interesting so you know where he, the seven of the eight i were, might argue that seems like a high number yeah or yeah you know, five were from the Atlantic Division, which was crazy. That's um, that's crap. That's not right. right. No offense to Boomer. I don't know. I mean, it's, we can talk about it, but you know, the I don't. I didn't really have a problem with any of the ones he he had, um, in there. But is as when, when it all plays out now. Look at the. Let's look at the. I mean, the Central Division. Seven teams. The worst one last year was Chicago. Which is you know, which is a team that if if Crawford stays healthy. Last year probably makes the playoffs. So, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know about that either. I, I, I think that's debatable simply because it was more than just Crawford. I mean, Crawford was yeah. injured for a while, and you know they struggled with Anton Forsberg and Jeff Glass, and you know, I mean, we we get that, but a lot of people and in seeing them a couple times last year, you know, noticed the decline of Seabrook, the decline uh, in terms of goal scoring of Duncan Keith. Uh, how Taves was not making as much of an of an impact. Plus, if you look at their defense, it ends at Seabrook and Keith. You know, Connor Murphy is not a number three defenseman in the NHL. No freaking way. Uh, now, the funny thing is, is that they ended up they ended up giving up uh, Kempney uh, in a deal to the Capitals, and he was integral to the Caps winning the Stanley Cup. He was very helpful on the blue line. And if you look at the depth of, of the of the Blackhawks blue line, they probably could have used Kempney. But uh I you know I, I think it was more multifaceted than just Crawford uh being injured. I do too. I what does it say that it took me like four clicks 
to actually get to the actual standings. Oh, I know. Trust me, I, that in the NHL, there's not an NHL standings tab, which is insane. I, I mean, yeah. it just took me four clicks. Why would they do away with that? Because it's last season. They don't want – I've, I've had to go to look at standings a couple times during the summer, and I had to go to other websites to because the NHL is only interested in, I guess, current – you could go to, like, hockey. Click on the playoffs, which is yeah, – I know I can go to NHL media, but I just figured out, let me go to NHL.com, and it took me, like, four to five clicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You go and to I leave the website and come back to find the standings. Yeah. It, yeah. So – I just pulled them up and I do NHL.com slash and then hits S and you get standings. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's yeah. easy. <laughs> but I, I mean, I don't agree with you with Connor Murphy necessarily. Um, I, I, but I did, I do think that, you know, you're looking at some good young players that are coming into this group too. I think that I mean, but they're young and that's the point. Like but they're young, they're young and they're old though, which is kind of interesting. They have that good blend actually that, that could catch fire. Like they have the ability to actually be one of those teams, you say, "Wow, yeah." When DeBrincat, you know, comes in, and, and Saad's gonna have a better year than they had last year for sure. I'm not saying Connor Murphy's not an NHL defenseman. I'm saying he's not an NHL number three defenseman. There's a distinction. Right. He's probably he's a good he's he'd be a good bottom pairing guy. But they gave up Yarmolson. They get back Murphy, and the depth in their defense is non-existent. And that is. A, I was gonna say here's a good example. So last year, Nick Schmaltz, who I've always been extremely high on. Had 52 points. Yeah. Like, you can't expect any more than that from well, a 21-year-old. That's, that's perfect. No. But it didn't matter. And that's my point. They don't have enough players anymore. I don't know. I mean, they, they made some interesting pickup. I mean, they picked up Kruger, which, you know, which it's just, it, that's not great, but it's something it, – it's, it is – It's a known commodity. They known commodity. He's a great fourth-line center. Perfect for them, right? They picked up Kunis, which was weird. Um, we all kind of agree with that, but – at the same time, there's another skilled player who can score, which they need skilled power play guys. I think that's what they're looking for, right? So yeah, if he, if he can still skate, and based on what I saw in Tampa Bay last year, he can't. So yeah. I mean, it's that's sort of like replacing Patrick Sharp as the guy who's you know, if you're trying to get one last one last year before he goes on the scrap heap. And um, and Edsel, you know, they picked up from Nashville in the trade, right? That's he's going to be a, he's going to be a factor this year. I, I'm, I don't think much of one. Well, I think it could be. I mean, I, I, I like. I mean, I like. I think that I don't know. They have a lot of. To me, okay. So let's just start with Chicago. Are they the worst team in this division? Yeah, they're dead yeah. last by far. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. But yeah. I, unless I, un unless Jonathan Taves becomes Jonathan Taves of 2012, they will finish last place in that division. Cam Ward's going to start the year. Let's be realistic about this. Yeah. Right, yeah, and and I do like the pickup of Cam Ward. Like, I think that, sure, that but not when he's going to be the starter. You didn't pick him up to be the starter. No, but yeah. you finally have a, another option that you can go to that really makes some sense because with well, an experienced team, like he's got, he's the kind of goalie you want an experienced team. So well, I also the, the, that. And I'm, you know, me, I'm one to take shots at the Blackhawks whenever I can. I mean, this is like this, this is one of my least favorite teams in hockey, but this, they absolutely. This is something not bad. This is something I'll be interested in, Russ, when they when they go to their rookie tournament. I don't, I'm not sure where where it is or who they play, but next week the, everybody is having their rookie tournaments. Whether Adam Boquist is on a path to fight for a job in Chicago, or if they're going to let him go back to Sweden or or whatever, if he's on a path to playing with the Blackhawks, that's a statement of how bad their defense is. And I'm not saying he's. He's a talented kid, and he's going to be an NHL defenseman. But we know, other than a select few, 
an 18 year old should not be playing in the NHL. Rasmus Dahlin, sure. Drew Doughty, okay. Well, Adam Boquist, I don't know about. Yeah, the here, difference. Someone I want to present to you about the Blackhawks. Like, it's a good point, Mike. Like, I mean, they're a mess. There is only one team in the Central Division who is a negative goal differential last year. Yeah. That was the Blackhawks. Yeah. Minus 27. Well, it's not going to be no, better. There's no other division in hockey with with less than um with less than three in negative goal differential other than the central. That's how ugly that division is. And if the Blackhawks think bringing in Boquist and at Cam Ward is going to help that, I don't think you they talk to that, Peter. I think this is just this is what they've got. Cycle. Um, I, I'm not convinced they're going to go with Boquist. Sure, he could run the power play, but he will add to that negative differential defensively. Trust me. Yeah. He's not right. in the play defense. So well, it's not going to be all that helpful, I don't think. What, what I'm going to be interested in, and we'll talk about this more in depth when we start doing our yeah. team previews in the next week or so. But what I'll be interested in is at the, you know, when the deadline comes around with the Blackhawks, and if they are in the position that we all think they're going to be whether Crawford with another year left in this contract is going to be shopped for teams that need goaltending help, whether somebody will take on Seabrook's contract, which they probably have to eat a lot of money to be able to get to move, whether they'll go into the rebuild area. Uh, and I, you know, we, we've all said, you know, possibly a guy like Taves or one, one of Taves or Kane could be moved down the line if they're truly going to do a rebuild. I mean, that's where the franchise is right now. I think they, they're, you know, they're they're looking at it this year as okay, let's add a couple veterans like Kunitz and see if we can recapture our old glory. But I don't think that's going to happen. And whether Stan Bowman will take the plunge and say we've got to rebuild. See, I mean. The, the issue with them is they have they still have their two key players are both just like Patrick Kane believe it or not is still not thirty years old. No, right. no, he's he's great, but they're gonna. And, and this and is, is barely thirty years old. Like they're but one player does not a team. No, two, Taves had well, it was great on bad Blackhawks teams. You know, yeah. I mean, what's the difference? Yeah, but you know, I mean, Taves, I don't Taves. Taves Saad to bring cat. That's a hell of a first line if they have them together. You know, that that's a great I mean, they really have can improve on last year. He wasn't good. No, I know. I think I I don't think he's over the hill. Like I think that that's a and and then your second line is Kane, Anisimov, and probably Kunitz. No, I think Schmaltz is on that line. Maybe. Maybe. But I mean Taves Taves was fifty two points. He was sixteenth in Selkie voting. That's the only voting he got. In the league, even the year before, 58 points, he was an all-star and fifth in Selkie voting. And even the year before, 58 points, at least he had 28 goals then. Yeah. And still, the closest in any voting was fourth in Selkie, who was 27th for the Lady Bing, which I'm not sure why. Well, and, and this is this, this yeah. is the way this is the way I look at the at the division. I mean, right now, in my eyes, you know, the the, the plateau, the top the top of that division is Winnipeg. And is Nashville, right? And then I think, then I think St. Louis, Colorado, um, Minnesota, are 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 a level below. But I think there are. I, I think five teams are coming out of that division. I think the the, the yeah. top three, obviously, and then the two wild cards will end up coming out of that division. Although the one thing that you have to say is, 
the competition within that division is going to be so tough that it might allow a fourth team in the Pacific who has an easier schedule to make the wild card. Yeah. And I think that's a possibility. I'm not going to give them all of that this year, but yeah, they're, they're the best division, but as we go through it, I, I, I think there'll be some surprises here. I do. Well, I do. I, I, I think I honestly feel like, you know, that, I mean, the Blackhawks are the, if they're the worst team, they're the best worst team in, in a division in hockey. Let's just go right there. Right. I mean, they are, going to be better than all right i mean what does that prove i mean but the, but <laughs> a lot of people were telling me that the metro division is better than the central division today and i don't no I don't, no no it's not. That. i really don't just because and, and i i really i really because i read i read your column uh and i really have to disagree with who you have ranked first because yeah. i cannot rank the st louis blues first in anything while jake allen is their goaltender yeah, yeah i can't either yeah, and of course about that, you know, because we've we've talked about that a lot. I'm not a big Jake Allen fan, but I just, I don't know. I'm getting a, it's just a feeling. Like last year, my feeling was with Winnipeg, right? And and I put them at second, you know, in the division. And and you know, this feel this year really feels as if, um, the Blues have just done some some really good things in the off season. And well, all right, so I just wrote about on Sportsology based on the rookie showcase. If people want to go yeah. check it out, I did write about Cairo and and Robert Thomas. Now, yeah. Robert Thomas seems like he's almost a lock to make the team because sure. he, he either has to make the team or go back. And he really was so dominant in junior hockey that going back just doesn't seem like a good option for him, especially when he's got the kind of body that can handle physical play. Kairou, yeah, we may not see him this year, but he, he's going to be very close. I think he'll be there, might even get his nine games. All that said, and I do like what they've done up the middle, I still can't rank him first. I think – they will be improved, though. And and even if the goaltending is the same as last year, I think they'll be improved. But I don't think I can rank them first, no. Yeah, I mean, if Thomas is going to make it, Russ, he's going to make it as a winger because up the middle they have they have O'Reilly, they have Bozak, and they have, they have Braden Shen. Now they can move Shen to the, to the wing. He can get, can get moved to the wing very easy. He's not a real center. Right. Yeah. No, no, but 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 the, I mean, here's here's the here's the problem. I mean, they, Russ is right. They they have one of the best young groups of prospects: Thomas Kyrou, Clem Cost, and they're 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 very they're very good, and and they're going to have players coming up. My problem is, I O'Reilly is not a number one center. He's a number two. He's a really good number two. Yeah, he's not. But he's not a number one. Yeah, I don't, and, think, I don't think he's going to be their number one. Who do you think it's going to be? I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I might be wrong, but I mean, I, you got to remember. Um, let me look at my. Notes. I mean, I, I, I mean, if they move, if they move Shen to the wing, then then O'Reilly is your number one center. Which I think that's their plan. I do actually. And I and I and I and you know Tyler Bozak, for all the years in Toronto, he was perfect as a number three. If you ask him to be a number two. Yeah. Then it's a matchup problem. He's not as fast as he used to be. He's not as big as most number two centers in the league. So if they keep Shen there, then I think they're then they're they're operating from a position of strength. Yeah, I, think uh, I mean, here's the thing, Mike. If if Thomas comes in like gangbusters, because I think if anybody got moved to the wing and he made the team, would be Cairo. But if if Thomas came in like gangbusters, maybe he, he could be the center. second line center. Yeah, 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 that's that's possible. That's yeah. like middle like middle stat in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think Shen will start there at least as the number one center. I mean, I don't think that, you know, because he, he really did have a good year last year. He did, but O'Reilly's better. I think at some point that'll switch out. And and I'm sorry. It's like, I mean, I like their defense. On that's right. I, I like their defense, you know, with Peter Angelo, with uh, Pareko, with Bo Meester. Bo Meester's getting a little long in the tooth. 
Um, but the, but I think overriding everything is the goaltending. And then, first of all, Robbie Fabry has got to prove he can stay healthy. Right. Jaden Schwartz has got Schwartz to prove he can stay healthy. Now I'm okay with him. Yeah, but he's got to prove he can stay healthy. And for sure, I mean Fabry and Schwartz are the key. Right? That's and if you get both of them healthy for the entire year, Fabry's the best player they're adding. You know, what I mean, if if he stays healthy the entire year. I think he's. I think he's better than Ryan O'Reilly. I think he's better than Bozak. I think he's the best addition they have. But but this year, this year they're not going to have Carter Hutton to be their savior. It's going. It's Jake Allen and I believe Chad Johnson. Right. That's that's or not. It could, be, it could be Huso. I think Huso could beat out Chad Johnson at some point. Johnson will start the season, and Huso will probably go down to the minors. But Huso is very close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do think that the, the top three are are. Winnipeg, Nashville, and St. Louis. I where you have the two, you have two at the top. I have three at the top, and I think that that could easily be. I think St. Louis moves into that group. I honestly, I I'm not saying I, they're going to win in the playoffs. No, again. no. I, That's honestly, where Jake Allen comes into play more often to me. I, I mean, first of all, Minnesota. If 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 Suter comes back, I think they could give a run to St. Louis to finish in the top three. But I'll I I I'm a big fan of Colorado. I'm really a big. Fan. I mean, I like where they're. I like where they're going. They, I think they improved themselves in goal by getting by getting Grubauer from from Washington. Their defense is improving, and McKinnon is one of the best players in the yeah. league. So yeah. I, yeah, so I, I, I think that you know Colorado has got room to grow. I think they're going to challenge yeah. Minnesota or St. Louis. I okay. So there's an interesting thing on um, twelve ninety here in Winnipeg this morning or TSN channel, and the guys are talking a little bit about. Minnesota and one of the things they said I hadn't really started thinking about preseason yet I've sort of you know still in summer brain and I said you know I got to get into the idea of where the central is going to go so this is a great shot I think they have not Minnesota has not done enough to improve the roster and they're riding the Boudreaux effect of how great a coach he is and I see Minnesota taking a huge step back and the team I see replacing them is Colorado. Absolutely, Mike. Like, I'm, I'm in with you right now. And I think we're going to see the vision of like, like the asset sack it's got, the, the, the way they've changed the dynamic of that team and what they're going to do with it. I think we're going to start seeing the fruition of what he was so patient and planning for with the Duchesne trade last year really going to come into effect this year. Whoa. And Colorado could be, they may have one of the best one of the top five goaltending duos in the league, depending on how Barlamov plays this year. Well, you I was going to say, I really, my number one team for this division is the Minnesota Wild. And I'll tell you why. I disagree with you, Peter, because for right. one thing, Zach Parise is finally healthy. That's massive for that lineup. If Suter is going to play and he's healthy, it's massive for the lineup. But whenever he comes into the lineup, is he going to start the season? We don't know yet, right? Well, uh, no, he's going to start training camp. That's, okay. that's, that's, the so, that's two big, massive things for them. They, I feel like their defense core. Is, is one of the best in the league now. It's still very, very deep, and and they do have a lot of offensive potential and puck moving there. But also players like Erickson Eck could give a lot more this year because he's a right. year under his belt. I think Granlin can score more points now that Parisi's healthy. I think yeah, – it's like it, 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 And it's so funny because I have I think – I've seen people put Minnesota everything from like last to first. And suckers. Let's be really clear about Suter. Suter was only a problem because he didn't play in the playoffs. Right. He played 78 games last year, so he was there all year long. So right. Suter's a wash. It's Parise who only played 40-something games that you have well, to worry about. That's a big difference. If he plays yeah. a presence for them, that's massive. 
Well, so I, I what's your over underline then on Eric Stahl and goals? Well, I think look, what, how many did he have? What did he have? Forty last year? Forty. Yeah. Last year. He's not getting forty again, but I think he can get thirty something. Here's the thing about Eric Stahl. Okay, we could. What they did with him on the Rangers was wrong, and I think a lot of people based his what his future talent was going to be on that, and that was incorrect. I also think that basing his future talent on that 40-goal year was incorrect, but Eric Stahl's a competitor, and he's a big guy, and he's still great on the power play. And at the end of the day, even though he, he may not have the blazing speed, his speed's still good, and he is a big, strong guy, and, and he's highly skilled. He will get 30-something goals. See, my critique of Minnesota is, I mean, especially you know when we were talking about them in July, early in July when, the, when they made their, all the free agent signings, it was low-impact guys. It was Matt Reed, JT Brown, Matt, you know, Matt Hendricks, yeah. you know, Eric Fair. I mean, these are all fourth-line fourth line guys. Well, to Russ's point, I think that they're, you know, they're depending on, on their improvement – Guys like Cunnan, guys like Greenway and Erickson Act to provide to provide more offense, and maybe they can do that. Uh, you know, they're very young, and you never know what's going to happen. But basically, all they did this offseason was ho- sort of hold serve. Yeah. They re-signed Zucker, they re-signed Dumba, and they didn't lose anybody. And they they sort of made cursory ads to their to their yeah, roster. Cunnan's a big shot to add, Mike. He's a goal scorer, and they already had a hundred and one points last year. And I'm going to tell you. You know, having him in fantasy, you know, Dubnik had a nice year. It wasn't his best year. If Devin Dubnik gives you his best year and Pekka Rene is a little off, they can win this division. I know everybody thinks Winnipeg's just going to run away with it. I disagree. I think oh, there's a little. I don't. I don't think Winnipeg's going to run away with it. Yeah, I no. think some. People... I, I think that's. I think that's because I mean, if you want to talk about a team who held serve, welcome to the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Right. Like they held serve. And their their point the, the point that people are saying well Winnipeg's you know Winnipeg's the favorite in this division, well I I, I don't know if you remember how 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 great the Nashville Predators are and and that yeah. they had to go through a, a a absolute slaughterhouse of a seven game series to figure out who would come out yeah right like let's not forget the Nashville Predators are the reigning reigning Presidents Co- champion Presidents Trophy champion. Yeah. And they should not be slighted. And they and, and they held they held serve too. The only thing that the Predators yeah. do was did was add Dan Hamus. That's yeah. it. They added depth D. Yeah. And you they, know, they, repl- they replaced Emily with Emily with Dan Hamus. Yeah. And you know, I, I, and, and, you and case, that, I was just gonna say the Jets actually lost players. They did. And so I mean I don't predict the Jets to win the division at all. I'll give them away my prediction right now, but I don't predict them to. But I here's the thing about the Wild that concerns me. There's a lot of ifs that need to happen with the Wild. Yeah, right. And if Dubnik plays the way he could, if Stahl scores at least 30, if Parise comes back and is fine, Parise is also 34. If Suter comes back and he's fine, he'll be 34 in January. Right. You know, it's ifs. Like so, your two guys that are your, you know, your leaders in the in the offense and the defense mm-hmm. are that age, and you need ifs from them, and then you throw in a soon to be thirty four year old Eric Stahl as well as an if and an if from Dubnik. That's four big ifs. I don't, and yeah. and and the only thing different than if and hope is that they're not the same letters. No, yeah. you know yeah, what? Peter, well, well, let me just make one, one, one quick point, and and 
they have very little wiggle room, very little room for error because when they sign Dumba and they sign Zucker, they're within, I think, a million or a million and a half of, of the cap ceiling. So yeah. if somebody, you know, I mean, you can put a player on LTIR if they get hurt, but if they find that they're they're short of something, they really they really don't have any any room for error. I mean, that's why I said there's a possibility that they could move a guy like Jared Spurgeon simply to create cap space because you know he's yeah. up his contract is up after next year. And I just pick up on a stagnation with their roster. It's been fairly the same the last few years. And when that happens, unless you're having success, if you're a team that loses in the first and second round and you come come away with the same players over and over and over again, that never works. Yeah, I, I don't know. I completely disagree. I mean, again, like even the chat room, go watch Luke Cunning's shot. I mean, the guy had 40-something goals in 60-something games in college. He, I think he had a broken wrist last year, right? Oh, I think he's one of the reasons. Oh, wait, the, was that his injury, broken wrist? I'm not sure, but I think he's one sure. of the reasons to be, be excited about the Wild because I think he's a he's a talent. But I'm saying the, the you know the That's main a big shot to add to a team that already had 104 points. Sure. Like we're not talking about a team that had 80 points, and you're wondering if these guys. This is a team that had 104 points, and you're wondering could they get a little better, and the other teams get a little worse, and I think they can. But we do know from Boudreaux's past that the team, the longer that he stays, they decline. Okay, but you can say the same thing about Laviolette. Yeah, you get sure. that. That's, that's proven. I mean, I, yeah, I think that – and that that is one issue that you have to think about. Laviolette has always shown his shot. Well, that and Rene are the two biggest issues. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, it, it depends. I mean, obviously, Laviolette, you know, he seems to have – when I talk to people, he seems to have learned – he does learn pretty well, though. Laviolette does – he has learned a lot in terms of his other situations, and it doesn't seem to be wearing on this team quite the way he wore on Philly or Carolina beforehand. But, you know, but, you know, it, they also, I mean, they're coming off, like you said, they're a president's trophy winner, so you can't right. think about that. Um, they're going to be good again. Pekka Rene, if, you know, Saros is going to play a lot more a lot more games, um, They're which I which I personally like. I know we've had discussions about Saros, but I, I like Saros. Um, I know he's, I think that Pekka Rene has shown over his career the ability to bounce back really well from, from bad situations. I think that what you're going to see is a really regenerated Pecorene from last year, who he blames the entire season on himself, essentially. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's what, what I've been hearing. And well, here's the hard stat for you. Saros started 23 games. In those 23 games, they won 11, and they tied, you know, they got points in overtime, and seven of them, I think. It looks like seven. Um, that, you know... He's going to now have to play the most games he's ever played in his career, most likely this year, which is 26. Yeah. No, I mean, that, and but I mean, I think you're still at the point where Pekka is going to play that many unless he's injured, you know, but I think they're going to have to get some, they're going to have to get more, they're going to have to get around 30 games out of him, you know, for sure. I think out of Soros to make this, to have to, to give Pekka some, some, you know, energy going into the playoffs, which is going to be the big thing. But, and like then the stuff he the stuff he the mistakes he was making last year in that Winnipeg series, um, especially in Game Seven, so like that, all very correctable type things. You know, I think that you know he's going to look at. He, he, there's no question. I, I think you're going to see Rene really come back in a, in a big way. I don't know well, that. Naturally, I'm going to tell you too. I I used to love Pekka Rene. I now think he's a product of the team's defense. I think that's why his save percentage was unusually high. I do think some things were exposed in the playoffs. And I don't think he's the same goalie. I don't. Now, just to depart from this and talk about some news that's sort of, that's not breaking because nothing really has happened in terms of a final resolution to the 
whole Max Pacioretty thing in 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 Montreal. But uh, we've had some chatter from our good friend Alan Walsh, who is Pacioretty's representative. Now, if, for those who you know, Pacioretty, you know, there, there's been a lot of stuff coming out recently that. Um, you know, Pacioretty will not sign an extension with the Canadians that, you know, basically it's over with the, the, you know, it's this year if they keep him, and then that's it. And he's going to go to free agency and, uh, you know, essentially, the, um, you know, the, that a trade, you know, somewhere, sometime in the next few months or before the deadline is going to happen. Well, Alan Walsh comes out and says, obviously these sources, sources in quotes are coming from the Canadians, yeah. Max will always take the high road and repeats again he is ready to sign an extension with Montreal today in caps. It was Montreal that traded Max to L.A. at the draft, and it was a done deal subject to Max signing an extension with L.A. So this – you think that this thing is going away? It's not. It, it's, it's, this is a bad situation. That I think the Habs have sort of mishandled it. Pacioretty doesn't want to be there anymore, and this is just – chatter before the eventual trade happens you're saying alan walsh doesn't mend fences is that what you're oh saying? no he's a peacemaker he definitely is he should have he should have been involved in the salt talks between the russians and the americans i mean <laughs> let's, let's just let's just let's let's decom de, you know compress or what de deconstruct what alan walsh actually said there okay like because i, I, I agree with you 100 mike and this this really bothered me as well i'm going to bring it up now because i'm going to bring up exactly what he said that, 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 I, I just I just quoted his tweet, although right. he, had, he has blocked me, so I had to use surreptitious means to re actually read it. Okay, obviously these sources. <laughs> okay, when a team has to sign a player, the team is of course a good source. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, but let's forget about that. I mean, the team the team is the one who actually has to sign him. Max will always take the high road, and repeats again. He's ready to sign an extension with Montreal. Today, okay. So, does he take the high road, or is he ready to sign an extension? Because to me, those are two separate things, aren't they? A little bit, like, yeah. If you take the high road. That means you're just going to be like, you know what? I'm not going to talk about this. Yes, it's, exactly. It's not if he's ready to sign an extension with Montreal today. That's different than taking the high road. And I haven't heard him come out and say that he's ready yeah. to sign an extension today with Montreal. Sure. He'll sign an extension if they offer him eleven million dollars. Right. Press conference the other day, he definitely did not look like he was ready to sign an extension with Montreal that day. That was a couple days ago. Um, and then he said it was Montreal that traded Max to LA at the draft. Right? Okay, I get that. Um, that's the team he's on. But that um, was that was subject to LA and him. No, then he says had the draft, and it was a done deal subject to Max signing an extension with LA. First right. of all, it's not a done deal if the big part of it is Max signing an extension with LA. I mean, there's, right. it's not even close to being a done deal. And if Max isn't willing to sign an extension with LA, LA then and Montreal traded Max to LA, knowing that it had that was a part of the situation. Do you think and, there's a little bit of disconnect between Max and Montreal? I mean, like, well, and also, is this a little bit of shade being thrown by Alan Walsh on Pat Brisson because Pat Brisson, you know, and and Bergevin sort of, you know, they were operating hand in hand here in a sense. To, yeah, I have no was, idea. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's absolutely 100 percent possible. <laughs> All right. Well, here's my big question: If he's so willing to sign an extension today in Montreal, why wasn't he willing to sign an extension with Los Angeles? He didn't explain why. Right, and it, it, you know, and I mean, the fact of the matter is, he doesn't want to go to the Western Conference. That's been said forever. Um, they've been trying to move him for a long time because, not because they don't think he's a great player, but because they because they know that he doesn't want to, that it's impossible to sign an extension with him in Montreal. And and 
or at least a reasonable extension in Montreal, which well, like, I mean, now there's two teams that haven't been able to sign into an extension. So can, right. I, can, can I ask, can I ask, cause it, it's now come up with two teams with Montreal and with Ottawa, this fear of trading one of their players within their own conference. Why is there such a fear? I mean, honestly, you play a team in your division four times. That's it. Now you can play them in the playoffs, but you play them four times. It's not like the Adams division back in the eighties when you played them eight times. So yeah. what is the what is the great fear? You know, the, 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 the Ottawa Senators would not trade Mike Hoffman to Florida unless they got overpaid, and then they That's trade what the him. Fans will will say and what it looks like. That's all. Here's what it is, and and I'm looking at the chat room, Russ, and I. I will debate you on this so you just wrote debatable thing because he does want to go to florida i've told been told this many times um and the fact that he wants to go there over all else no but no he actually i mean the fact that if that were the case i think florida would have a deal made already what's happening is florida knows that they knows he wants to go there so when you're in a situation like this that montreal has zero leverage right so they're sitting there trying to get some leverage any leverage at all and i think the i think the la trade more than anything because he montreal knew that la that he wasn't going to sign in la so that never is going to happen was well, more about showing florida that it could possibly trade him someplace else well did, okay, did here's the debatable part act didn't the whole world know that marty st louis wanted to go to the rangers yes yes yeah. Weiserman lose any Anything in that trade? No. Did, did no, we? Have, did, great did job. We have, um, did, it, this reminds me more of Brad Richards and the, and the, and a little bit because did, yeah, because there were there were they tried a couple times to trade Brad Richards and you know the Rangers just waited it out. Well, did and, did we have did we ever know what Montreal was getting back from LA in this supposed deal for Pacioretty? Because no, I never I never heard specifics of no, it, it was never going to happen. Because if you remember, this was happening at the same time. The supposed deal was happening at the same time that they were signing Kovalchuk. And right. so you're telling me that they were going to sign Kovalchuk and extend and, and sign an extension with Match Patch Ready? That was no, but I think well, I think one was happening to to get the other one to speed up. That's what I right. Think. That's, well, that's and well, the the. The rumor, the rumor was that a deal involving Pacioretty that Montreal wanted to get Velarde back from LA, and that's that was a that was a no that was a, a no deal for for LA because Velarde is a very good prospect. If you're if you're talking about Florida, the name that keeps coming up is Borgstrom and Russ. They're not trading Borgstrom. No, I, I could tell you with great certainty, especially after seeing him last weekend. They would be crazy to trade this kid. Crazy. Yeah. See how yeah. far he's come from when he was drafted as the skinny kid that not a lot of people knew. They've done a great job with him. There's no way he's going anywhere. Yeah, you're talking. And you're talking. You're talking about Barkov, Trocheck, and Borkstrom up the middle that allows them to move Bukestad to the wing or keep Bukestad. Right. Yeah, they. That's that 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 could be the second best center core in the in the in the Atlantic Division behind the Leafs, and I that I, you know and maybe maybe on par with them because they're really they're really talented. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that, and I think that I, I, there's there's the Florida Panthers have a lot of pos, pos players they can move. They can make a trade. There's no question they can do it. I mean, they have a lot of depth, and if they add Pacioretty to their offense, I mean, remember they added Stone to their offense this year. You know, I mean, they, uh, Hoffman. Hoffman. Hoffman, Hoffman, yeah, sorry, the other one, Hoffman. Um, they've already done that. So, I mean, this is a team that, you know, really, they have tons of depth. They were a very good team last year at the end of the year. It's hard, it's hard to imagine them not being a playoff team this year. Again, I think that the, 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 you know, the 
the crux of their situation is the health of Luongo. If he can play 50 games yeah. and stay healthy, I think they're a playoff team. If he gets hurt like he did last year and they have to rely on James Reimer and Michael Hutchinson, not happening. I mean, I think- the way I look at it is Pacioretty signed his extension with the, with the Habs and it didn't work out. And I don't think he wants to do another one because he probably looks at the future and says, the future doesn't look great here. Yeah. It could turn around, but I'm not all in anymore. Yeah. No, but at the same time, he is the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. It doesn't to- matter. We know. No, it doesn't matter. No, it matters matter. to him, I think, in terms of that. Oh, he no, is- I think it matters to him, and I think he's carried himself in a great way. Yeah, I don't think it matters for a guy to stay to- with a team long term because no. he's captain. But Washington- Montreal is going in the wrong direction. And at Patriotti's age, he needs to be going in a different direction if he has desires about fulfilling a championship goal. That's simply. The, the, yeah. the basic facts yeah. and Montreal cannot afford to overpay him to stay in the hopes that his presence will help turn around the, the franchise. It's a bad decision for Pacioretty and it's a bad decision for Montreal. Yeah. Think about it. This is the same as John Tavares. He signed there when he's 20, he's 29. They haven't even been to a Stanley cup. The writing's on the wall a little bit on this one. And and yeah. he's he's like in a similar position that James Van Riemsdyk was last year in Toronto where, you know, he, he like Russ said, he's 29, he's approaching 30. Teams are not going to give you six, seven-year contracts when you're 30 years old. So right. he's got – I think it's beneficial for him to get traded as soon as possible and get an extension done with a team that he gets traded to you know, you don't know what's going to happen this year. Montreal, I, they really don't have a number one center unless they rush rush uh, Kanyemi to the right. NHL as an 18-year-old. So it doesn't really fit in. I mean, Jonathan Drouin is not a number one center. And if they if they lump all their good forwards together, yeah, he might score 30 goals. But I think he probably wants to get moved now and get his contract now before, uh, you know, another sort of subpar year uh, happens. And then – it might affect what he gets long term on a new deal. Right, right. No, I think that's I think that's all true. I, I and you know, it just it's interesting to me that that you know that Walsh does this because I and I I think that you know I mean Alan Walsh I I mean he's he's an interesting character. I have to say that. I mean I I oh, yeah. spent a lot of time talking to him before he kind of went crazy. Um, and um, and he, you know during the first lockout and stuff like that when I, I was spent a lot of t- a lot of hours on the phone with him practically every other day talking to him about things and he had great ideas interesting character interesting you know character for sure has a lot of different you know thoughts but then you know definitely has used social media and stuff like this you know in a way that rubs a lot of the nhl people wrong because that's well, the- he goes after gary bettman just way too much it's gary bettman too much and also he throws stuff out there on on you know twitter about his as goalies not playing sometimes and things like that that we've seen that that kind of stuff just really rubs the NHL wrong. It, it just it just there is a certain you know code of ethics at the NHL that with agents and he just he he definitely passes the passes it a lot. And I mean at the same time you want to sit there and say okay he's representing his guy and that's what he has to do. Um, but I also think that he is the kind of guy who would who doesn't make a statement like this unless he runs it at past Max Max Pacioretty. I do think that that this is something that you know this statement comes out. It sounds to me like this is Pacioretty's attempt at a little bit of damage control from the press conference the other day. We get what I was talking about again. I don't know if you guys got to see that at all. But I got to watch a little bit of it. It was really uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. Pacioretty was on stage with, you know, with the coach, with the GM, 
all talking, taking questions, and it was really bizarre. It was a really weird vibe to it. There was no, you know, and and the and the GM, the coach, got out of there right away. Patch stays around and answers some questions, you know, and it was kind of, you know, Max is definitely a stand-up guy for sure, but uh, you know, and I think this when Walsh puts something out like this, he he's passing that by Max because he has to, you know. I think did he yeah. have to? You know, I really think that that's what it comes down to, but. Can uh, it's an interesting one. It's gonna. It's good. It's not. It's not over for sure. It's not gonna get any easier for Montreal to move them. Um, and it's unfortunately like they. It's they do not want to do what Caroline and someone said this right to me. They don't want to do what, what Carolina did. You know, with with Skinner. You know, and and just accept the fact that they're gonna get what they're gonna get for him. Carolina moves. Well, ev- eventually, they're, eventually they're gonna have to accept it unless they trade him to some place right. that Patcharetti wants to sign long term. I mean, fa- NHL teams. You know, maybe Ottawa doesn't have to face this fact with Carlson because Carlson might be willing to sign with a team like a San Jose or a Vancouver if he gets traded there. You know, right now he's not saying much of anything, and that's probably the the way to go. Yeah. But teams teams like Montreal with Pacioretty, Dallas with Tyler Sagan, and I'm sure they're prepared to keep him the entire year, Philadelphia with Wayne Simmons, Guys, on the last year of their contract, if there's no possibility of getting a new getting a new deal done or little chance, these teams have to face the facts that they that the clock is ticking on these players, and at a certain point, they have to get what they can get for them. So, other, otherwise, losing them for absolutely nothing. One thing the, the, here, add Blake Wheeler to that list. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's one thing we're overlooking here too. I mean, and if you just use his own words, you realize that this is sort of a loaded tweet anyhow. And he basically said that the sources are coming from, obviously sources are coming from the club. Really? So if you're going to negotiate with that club, is sure. it really good to... Fighting words right there. I agree with you yeah. completely. That's, that's, you're not just doing this any club. You are doing this to the Montreal Canadiens, okay? That doesn't make good feeling. No. No, you know what? He did it to the Jets. He's done it to everyone. Yeah, but it's the, Mon- the Montreal, Montreal Canadiens. Canadians. He's right. I don't care like how bad they are right now. Right. Montreal Canadiens are still above. The, they they do this does not work with their uh-huh. with them. This is this is this is the worst possible team you could do this to. The Rangers may be a close second, but right. those two teams are the two teams that you really do, do actually calling them out in the yeah. you know. It doesn't help negotiations. That's my basic point. The the NH, I've dealt with the NHL. With, I've had issues with Montreal Canadiens a couple times. Just small things, you know. Nothing, and I've you know. Where you know, and, and as reporters, we have, we have to go through like sometimes you have to go through the NHL to talk to the yeah. talk to the team about something that you want to get done or a different situation. And um, this is the one team that the the, the NHL is afraid of. The, the NHL is afraid of the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, they 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 will not. They'll be like, you really want you know. This is like they they pick their this. The Canadians are an entity in and of, of themselves, and they have their own. I mean, they are huge. They have this huge following. They've got an enormous. They they have. Two two languages and it just it, there's so much to them. Yeah, for the for Walsh to go after them is it's a it's a really good point. But it, it's, it's not it does not help them. I mean, it does not help him. Yeah, but the problem the problem is Montreal is not operating operating from a position of strength in this situation. The the clock is ticking, and Pacioretty has made it clear, in spite of what Alan Walsh just said, that he, you know. Maybe they're not interested in, in in signing him long term, and it doesn't sound like he is interested in staying there long term. So, you know, there's there is a parting of the ways coming. It's just a question of whether it happens in the next month or it happens before late February. But one way or the other, now or then, 
Montreal is not getting the type of package that they think that they're, they should be getting for a guy who's been a pretty good scorer for a number of years. He's a, a, an expiring contract and the price on an ex, uh, the return on an expiring contract is not the same as somebody who has two or three years left in a contract. It's a vastly different thing. No, you're right. And, and really what we need to look at too, is the fact that we talk about, unless you can trade him to a team that where he wants to sign extensions, sure. that kind of stuff is known these days. And it's not like, it's not, we talk about, you know, like we're talking about why Carlson didn't get done with Tampa. You know, they could have gotten done with Tampa, but it didn't. Um, you know, maybe the Tavares could have been traded to Toronto at some point last year, but it didn't because these because these teams who know these players are coming anyway aren't going to do it. They're not going to do it. And that the fact of the matter is that if he's willing to resign there, they're willing to risk that. Um, they're willing. To- I think I think what this tweet did was all but prove that he's not going to play there this year. Yeah, I think I think it, because at the end of the day, the powers that be in Montreal Canadiens are not they're still in a or world he's, of or he's not gonna play their past much bigger superstars than Patrick. I don't expect to see him in camp, Mike, not after a tweet like this. I don't Okay. So I mean I no, well, I shouldn't say that because he is he is the kind of guy he is. I think he will just on Prince, he's such a principal-led guy. No, no, I think he'll be traded before camp. I just that's what I think will happen. Yeah, not he will show up and he'll play. He'll, he'll play show for- up. I, I'm not saying that he'll not- show up. He'll play. I think he'll be traded before that. I mean, Walsh might want him not to show up. Walsh might yeah. try to get him to hold out. Walsh might be trying to stir some things to make to lead that towards that direction. But I don't think that he would do it. I'd be shocked. Yeah, interesting stuff. All the time we have for today, guys. Sorry we didn't get to our other topic that we're going to talk about. We'll push that off to tomorrow. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, so tomorrow we'll be discussing, um, somebody brought up yesterday, which is really a good, a good thing. So yeah, the top five, four, top five, uh, forward groups in the NHL. Yeah. So the, which is a really, which is a really interesting thing and takes a lot of work to go through. Um, we'll, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Remember that the buzz is just hockey. Um, if you can please support us at patreon.com slash hockey. And uh, just even a little bit per, per per month or per show or whatever you want to do, it helps out a ton. We're not looking for a lot, but if you get any value out of this in your day and you can help us um, to keep doing it, we really appreciate it. Patreon.com slash hockey. Remember without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.